Welcome to the Freedom House Church Weekend Message. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from a communicator on our teaching team. Whether you're just waking up, on your way to work, or going for a relaxing evening walk, we know this message will equip you to experience Christ's freedom today and every day. So enjoy. Well, hello, Freedom House, to everybody in the room today, California, Georgia, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Florida, South Carolina, Texas, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Washington, Alabama, Tennessee, Michigan, Maryland, and Louisiana. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We love the fact that the message of Jesus gets to go around the world, and this is going to be one that you're going to need to hear today because it's all about marriage, it's all about relationships, and uh, how many of you know we might need to learn a thing or two about relationships? You think that might be important? It's kind of like one or two things happened in 2020, either you kind of like got on each other's nerves or you got pregnant. It's kind of like one or the other, right? There's like this baby boom thing going right now. I guess some people, you know, really love each other, right? We're seeing all kinds of baby booms happening. Well, we are going to be talking today all about relationships, and I'm not just going to be talking about marriage relationships. We're going to be going through the whole gamut because I think it's important to understand um, how we get in some of the situations that we're in. Anything that you do more than once is not just an incident. It's now a pattern. So we're going to take a look at that today. Um, I love talking about marriage because I love talking about all the things that the world gets wrong and how if we can understand, so many people um, look at different things that the world has twisted and they get uncomfortable when you talk about certain things. So I love talking about those things. I love talking about sex. I love talking about marriage. Don't worry, today we're not talking about the sex part that much. That will be this coming Saturday. So all of you, if you're dating, if you are married, or if you are engaged, you need to make sure you come on Saturday. We're going to dive deep into things. So before I get started, I just want to make something very, very clear here at Freedom House. Um, Pastor Troy said, 
before you start, you need to let them know something and make sure they understand something completely. So I want to read this scripture to you, and then I want you to hear not just from me, but from Pastor Troy, what he wants said as we start this off today. All right. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. I didn't go off into 20 different side things. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Did you know two men can't do that? Did you know two women can't do that? Just thought I'd throw that in there. Be fruitful, multiply, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. That is the rule that God put in and and instilled and gave into the garden. So what I want us to understand, this is Pastor Troy's like, make sure this is understood at Freedom House. Marriage is God's idea, and he created it. So since God created it, he designed it, and he put this in place, he gets to say how it works. God said that marriage is between one man and one woman. It's silly that in the world that we live in, we have to clarify that before we go into a discussion on marriage, but we do, so that's how we're starting off the message today, is making sure that at Freedom House and all across the country that we understand this church is not trying to be politically correct. We are a biblically correct church, so we're going to preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ. All right, all right. So now we're going to dive in. But before I go into the marriage things, I want to talk to, where are all my single people? Come on, shout out for me. Come on, single, ready to mingle. If you didn't lift your hand up, I'm going to give you another chance, and I want everybody to look around so you know who to ask to lunch today. Where are all my single people? All right, come on. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start off talking to the single people. Why is that? Because a lot of times people are wanting, you know, in a series like this, they wanted to hear marriage stuff. But let me just say this to you. There is no such thing as marriage problems. I'll I'll say that again. Marriage problems, there is no such thing. Marriage problems are simply individual problems that have gone unaddressed or unhealed. And when you take your mess and you join it to somebody else's mess, it doesn't automatically become clean. And that's what we think. I bring my 50%, you bring your 50%, and then we can come together and make a whole. That's not how it works in marriage. You need to be 100% and 100%. And you come together and you make a whole. You see, what happens is we think that when we get married, it's going to fix all of our issues and our problems. And the married people said, oh, heck no. We know that's not true. What it does, it will intensify them. So what we have to do is we've got to understand some things right now while we are single and understand that while we are single, let's use this time as preparation time. Let's not get frustrated that we're single. Let's figure out, you know, not if we can find the right person, but if we can be the right person. 
Let's figure out what in us are things we still need to work on because marriage is not a band-aid for what troubles you. If anything, marriage is a magnifying glass that will show you every issue that you need to work on. It is a mirror that is held back up to you, right? It's, it's someone to show you all the things that you avoided when you were single and now you don't get to. That's what marriage is all about. And here's, here's what I want you to understand. The Bible is very specific. It says, love others as you love yourself. That's from Jesus. How can you love somebody else the way that you should unless you learn how to first love yourself, unless you first get healthy as an individual? You see, a lot of times we think that if we get married, it's going to fix those problems, and it does not. Healthy is as healthy does. Heal your hurts now. Heal your issues now. Realize your weaknesses now because if you don't admit your vulnerabilities now, you're going to have to once you get married. So if you can go ahead and start working on those things and spend your time being single, not just going, hey, you know, why don't I have the person yet? Be that person. Start figuring out what are the things that I need to fix? What are the holes that are in my life? Because despite what the movie said, it's nobody else's job to complete you. And they may have had you at hello, but it goes way beyond hello. I promise you, it's going to take a lot of work. Marriage takes a lot of work. So here's, here's what I want my single people to do. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to remove negative thinking. Remove negative thinking from your life. Let me tell you, you know, a few things that we can think as single people. God's withholding from me. I don't have the person that I'm supposed to be with now because God is somehow penalizing me. He's withholding from me. You know, here's another thought. All the good ones are gone. I'm never going to find the person that's meant for me because all the good ones are gone. Maybe you're thinking I'm not worth the wait. I've been waiting. Maybe I'm not worth the wait. So, so maybe, you know, because I'm 38 and, and, you know, and I'm a, a female, I, I better just like the next person that comes along, you, you know, maybe that's what I need to do. These are things that can go through your mind as a single person. Let me just tell you this. You won't be alone the rest of your life. When you start having these thoughts and you start settling in, you know what happens? Those thoughts drive you and then your picker gets off. When your picker gets off because of of fear, you start picking the wrong person because you feel like your timeline is coming to an end. Well, I guess this is the best I'm going to do. Well, honey, if that's what you think, of course it is. When our picker gets off and we keep getting into these relationships and some of us are like, I don't understand. Like every guy I date is fill in the blank. When that is our situation and our scenario, you need to ask yourself why. If everywhere Bob goes, Bob's got a problem, guess what? Bob's the problem. So if our picker keeps picking the wrong guy or picking the wrong girl and we keep finding ourselves in these situations, we've got to ask ourselves why. I love what Romans 15, 13 says. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace 
as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are trusting in the Lord, you are overflowing with hope, not desperation, not fear, not like, is this ever going to happen? Am I, am I worth it? Maybe I'm not worth it. And you see all the things from our past, like maybe we didn't get that validation from our parents, or maybe we went through a bad breakup and somebody was verbally abusive and they say things like, I'm the best you're ever going to get, and we start to believe the lies. Those are things we have to be very careful of when we are single because if we do not heal, if we are not a whole single person, we will not be whole in a married relationship. You take your baggage with you. And even if it's Louis Vuitton luggage, you still, you don't want all this luggage being taken into your marriage because you're going to have to unpack whatever it is that you bring in. Even how pretty you might make the suitcase look, you're going to have to unpack that stuff. So start to do it while you're single. Now let's hop on into the dating people. Where are my people that are in a dating relationship? Raise your hand. Come on. Oh, come on. Don't, don't, like, show me. Dating. I'm dating. Raise your hands. Okay, okay. Here, here's, here's my dating people. And actually, um, I am not a fan of the word dating. I'm not a fan of dating at all. I actually am a fan of the word courtship. And there is a difference because I've never seen somebody in a quote-unquote dating relationship that is left better when you found them. I see dating relationships as people just like going around like test driving everything to see, you know, let, let, me, let me just try some milk from this cow, some milk from this cow. Let me see who's got the best milk. Well, if they ain't yours, you shouldn't be milking them. Right? So, I'm not a fan of dating. I am a fan of courtship because people treat dating like they're just like, well, let me just see if I like this one. Let me see if I like this one. Let me see if they're, they stack up to what I think. Whatever happened to just asking the Lord, is this the person you have for me? Because if not, I don't want to attach my heart to theirs and cause problems if, if this doesn't go the right way. You heard that song, if I take you home to mama, I guess I better warn you, she falls in love a little faster than I do. Y'all know that song? Like, it's not just, like, there are breakups that happen, and it's like we're training ourselves for little mini divorces. If God didn't tell you to get into the relationship, please don't do it, because there's more hearts involved and there's people, man, that they're, they're devastated. They're literally left in shambles and broken. And that's not what God designed. He didn't design us to go around test driving everything. And, and I've had people say to me before, well, don't you want to test drive a car before you buy it? I'm like, would you rather have a new car or old car, used car? I mean, if we're going to do the car scenario, let's play that out. Do you want one with a lot of miles or do you want a new one? Now, I'm not saying God can't make all things new. I'm just saying if you're going to use that analogy with me, then I'm going to use it back on you. Here's the thing. God wants us healthy in our relationships. And dating is not like, well, she's really good looking 
Let, let me just let me just try things out. Let me let her let, let me let her move in with me so I can see if this is really what I want long term. Since when is God and God's voice not able to give us what we need? Whenever we try to do things man's way, it's going to end up hurting us in the long run. You see, courtship looks like honor and respect. Courtship looks like, hey, we're together for a kingdom purpose. This isn't because I'm trying to fulfill a need of mine in the flesh. We're together for a kingdom purpose, and I respect you, and I honor you, and I keep our boundaries in play. And we have a lot of couples that are single or dating. As a matter of fact, we say around here, we have to say this a lot. We have to tell the married couples to start having sex and the single people to stop. (laughs) And I'm like, come on, people. I'm like, you know that she is not yours. You know that he is not yours. Why are you doing this? We don't know. We just found ourselves in this situation. I said, okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Anybody ever been to Carowinds and gone down the water slides? Okay, so before you actually go down the water slide, you can step back and you can see there's stairs you got to climb, right? Do you just end up halfway down that water slide by accident? Like you walk over to it, you see that water slide. You're looking at all those steps. You are climbing up those steps. Then you get to the top, and you still have an option not to go down, even if you transgressed a little. You still have an option to turn around and go back down the stairs. But what happens is, is we get halfway down the slide, and we're like, oh, how did I get on the slide? And it's too late. When you're halfway down the water slide, what's better is if you have healthy boundaries that you put in place where you understand that the stairs aren't even approachable. And what I tell young people and what I tell dating people and what I tell single people is this, have a boundary set in place that's so far, so far back that even if you step over it just a little bit, you're so far from hurting the heart of God that you're in a good spot. In other words, it's going to be really difficult for you to have sex with somebody you're not married to if you're never alone with them. I mean, that's just simple, right? Why don't we put in boundaries that are healthy? Well, I'm an adult. You know, I can handle myself. Really? Let's talk about that. I see so many times through the Bible where people were adulting, but this is an area that tripped them up. It tripped up the greatest kings we've ever had in history. It tripped up the wisest man that's ever been on this planet. Do you know what would have saved all of them? Boundaries. Healthy boundaries. You can't be like inviting somebody over to your apartment late at night and you've got the candles going and Barry White's in the background and you're like, how did we get in this situation? I don't know. We didn't mean to do anything. Like you set the table for this. Like we, we climb the stairs and we slide down. I don't know how I got in this position. Yes, you do. You do. Here's the thing that the Bible says in Ephesians 5.3. It says, but sexual immorality and all impurity 
or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper for the saints. In other words, you shouldn't be having sex with somebody that you're not married to and call yourself a Christian. It should not even be named among you. But sometimes what happens is we're, we're watching this on TV. We're, we're saying, but I love him. I love her. Well, great. Do it the right way. Go through the pre-marriage counseling classes here at Freedom House because we'd rather have you pre-marriage than post-marriage counseling. And if you don't do it God's way, I can promise you you're going to be in the post-marriage counseling. Let's do things God's way. Let's not overstep because here's the problem. Here's what happens. Sex outside of God's design is not love, it's lust. It's I am using you to meet a need that I have instead of having God meet that need. I am now using you. And great if you love somebody, love them enough to treat them with honor and respect. If they're not yours, ask yourself this, why you hadn't put a ring on it? And if you're, if you're saying to yourself, this isn't the person I'm going to marry, then you need to get out of the relationship. You're using them. We got to get healthy in our relationship. Kingdom culture is all about saying, I love this person because we have a kingdom purpose together. Now, two out of the three of my kids are married. My oldest two understood this. The, the people that they dated, the first people they dated, they married. They held back. They waited for God to speak. Now, my third one didn't really listen to us. And she would tell you that her heart got stomped on a million times, and she regrets it. Now, she's got a good one now, and I posted a picture of him this morning on my Instagram, but he understands boundaries. He understands that she does not belong to him. He belo she belongs to her father. And if and when one day he decides to put a ring on it, then she will be his. But right now, she belongs to her father, and it's hands off. And he said, yes, Pastor Troy, I understand that. <laughs> That's how we do it in our house. And then my husband shows him his gun collection and takes his shirt off and flexes a little bit, and there's no worries at all. All right, now let's jump on into the married folks. All right, there's different categories of being married. There's different stages and different years. The first thing I want to do is just talk about the newlywed stage because this is the figuring out stage. This is the stage where you're going, why are your clothes in my drawer? Why is your leg coming over on my side of the bed? Why are you like jelly rolling the covers and I have no covers? Why do you squeeze the toothpaste the way you do? It's so stinking irritating. That's why you get two tubes of toothpaste, and you keep them each in your drawer. See, these are the things you learn. You learn these when you're married for a while. But this is the stage that's so important because in this stage, you're learning to navigate uh, conflict. And if you don't learn to navigate conflict well in this stage and get this down pat, then you're going to set a pattern that will be destructive the rest of your marriage. So it's so important that we understand conflict and how to negotiate and walk through conflict. In my house growing up, nobody communicated in a healthy way, and neither did Pastor Choice. They were two opposite ways, but both were equally as dysfunction. In my house, whoever had the best argument and got the loudest one 
In my husband's household, it was, what problems? We never talk about anything. Everything goes under the proverbial rug. Everything's wonderful. Everything's great. There's never a problem. You take those two people and you put them together, and that is not a good sign of healthy communication. We had to learn this, and we still learn this. After being married for 29 years, we are still learning how to communicate the way that we should. So... Let's talk about this, and this goes through all stages of marriage, but let's talk about this, the lies that we believe. Let's figure out how to navigate um, the lenses, the negative lenses and the false beliefs that get us into trouble in our relationships in the first place. The first lie, I alluded to this earlier, the first lie is marriage will complete me. Marriage will complete me. That is such a lie. Oh, my goodness. The truth is, is only God will complete you, and God cannot be replaced. Now, because of this lie, we can do very specific things. Now, I'll just talk to the women for a second because you may have done what I did. Now, I never would have told you with my mouth that I did this because I didn't recognize I was doing this until my husband brought it to my attention. But what I was inadvertently doing when we got married is I was placing things on Troy that he could never accomplish or fulfill. I was setting him up to fail, thus setting me up to fail. What I mean by that is I had a very troubled childhood, sexual abuse, um, my mother and father between the two of them, um, eight different marriages. I did not have a healthy picture. So when I married Troy... I had this picture of Prince Charming, the white picket fence, the knight in shining armor, and everything was going to be bliss. Everything was going to be amazing. Everything that I didn't get growing up was now Troy's job to fill. Problem is, it didn't work, and I was getting frustrated. I was like, this is not supposed to be this way. Like, you are supposed to make in here feel better. And I remember having this conversation with him. I was like, you're not making things in here feel better, and you're supposed to be making things feel better. And I'll remember this conversation. He looked at me, and he said, I am a great husband, but I make for a lousy Jesus. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you have a God-sized hole that is in you that you are expecting me to fill, and I am incapable of filling that. And it stung pretty bad when he said it, as correction does, but I knew what he was saying was the truth, that I was going to have to readjust my thinking, that he, it was his, somehow his responsibility to to fix the things that were wrong and hurting in me, because there was a lot of brokenness. When you grow up and you don't have a dad and and you're a, a young girl, there are holes that are in there. Now, I'm not saying that God can't fill them, but we've got to let him do his job, right? It wasn't my husband's job. And so here here the situation is, is I'm thinking, man, he's supposed to to fix everything. And, And I see people do this in marriage a lot. They get married thinking that, you know, well, I realize that he's not where he needs to be spiritually, or I realize that, you know, she looks real good and she's not quite where she needs to be with Jesus, but things will work themselves out. The Bible is so specific. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, that, 
When it says unbelievers, it doesn't mean just people that don't believe in Jesus. It's talking about people that aren't the same place where you are spiritually. You're yoking yourself together with somebody who doesn't even believe the same things that you believe. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? And so we're linking ourselves up thinking that somewhere in our marriage it'll just work itself out. And we find ourselves in really big trouble because that's not what happens. Ladies, find yourself a man who is chasing after God and then he might be somebody to look at. Guys, you find you a woman who is virtuous, who loves the Lord, and then she might be somebody to look at, right? It sets us up for failure when, they think, when we think somebody else is going to complete us. Lie, next one, if it's hard, I may have just married the wrong person. Maybe we're just incompatible. One of the biggest causes that people cite for divorce is irreconcilable differences, We just think, you know, we're arguing too much, we're fussing too much, we've got too many issues. Let me just tell you um, what Corinthians 7, 28 says. Those who marry will face troubles in this life. Did you guys hear that? Those who marry will face troubles. Here's the truth. A marriage that stays healthy and happy through the years is a marriage that has been fiercely worked on. It is not an easy thing. It is hard, hard, hard work. (laughs) But it's worth it. It's worth it. All right, let's keep going. All right. Ready for the next one? Say, yeah. yeah. Next lie, I should not have to change who I am. I should not have to change who I am for this relationship. That is so funny. Here's the truth. Marriage is death to independent living. Marriage is death to independent living. Then add a child on and then you'll die all over again. (laughs) It says, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. It is so easy for us to want our way. But when we get married, we've got to crucify our flesh. The Bible says, it says, they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Two people becoming one flesh means that you got to die to the way you used to do things. I remember when we first got married, I told him myself, so I'll tell on Troy. Well, he he was like, these are my hobbies. I'm bringing my hobbies with me. And I'm like, well, when your hobby includes four-hour golf game, we're going to have to discuss your hobby. We're going to have to have a conversation about your hobby. Because what can happen is our hobbies can be the other woman or the other man if we aren't careful. So... Now, the way things look is Troy doesn't go play golf or, or he doesn't, you know, go sign up to do things without having a conversation. When it comes to our finances, our finances are not separate. We are one flesh. Now, I realize there are some people that are in marriages and one of the partners has an issue um, with finances. Maybe they're not good at managing. Those are things you're going to have to probably get in counseling for and work through. But the way that God intended things is for us to be one flesh. 
That means there is no his and hers, even though you may have it on a towel. It may be on your little wine glasses that you toasted. It's all one when you get married. There is no separation. So here's the thing I want you to understand. There are boundaries that you're going to have to put in play in order for this to play out. So my husband loves to play golf, but Monday is our only day off. He doesn't play on Mondays. If he's going to play, he's going to go early another day and try to get in with a team. But he understands that Mondays are our day off, and that's the only day we're together. And it's a little annoying when he chooses our only day off to go play golf, right? Especially if he wants a hot meal ready when he comes home. I'm just saying, you got to give and take a little bit. That's what it's all about when you become one. Now, When you get married, there are rules and boundaries that you put in place. So maybe you say, hey, before we spend X number of dollars, we're going to make sure that we talk with each other. We don't just go do things because that's how we did when we, you know, we're single. Now we have to um, confer with one another. All right, here's another one. Here's another lie. Having a child will make my marriage stronger. Mm. Matter of fact, you even see people that sometimes trap another person into getting married by getting pregnant, by having a child. Here's the truth. Kids are great, but they can't save a marriage um, that's destructive, and it's not fair to put the pressure into those tiny little hands. Your marriage is not dependent upon your children. Your children are dependent upon your marriage. It's the other way around. All right, here's another lie. Here's another lie. Well, I just fell out of love. I fell out of love. I'm all out of love. No, mm -mm, no. Let me tell you the truth. The truth is, is you got lazy. That's the truth. Instead of focusing on what irritates, maybe we should focus on what we appreciate. It's so easy sometimes to pick apart the little things on our spouse that just annoy us. And before you know it, after we just let little pick, 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 we're just annoyed, and I don't even really like you anymore. And I, why did I even marry you? And You know what? I just I fell out of love. I fell out of love. As couples uh, progress in their marriage, we hear this a lot. Well, we just fell out of love. No, you didn't fall out of love. You got lazy. You see, the same thing you did to get her, you got to do to keep her, and vice versa. And how does that play out? Well, husbands, you need to come home and realize that your wife is there and she needs your time. She needs your attention. Ladies, we got to understand our husbands are visual. And if we don't want him to let things go in his life, we can't let things go in our life. And it's easy after multiple kids, after, you know, doing housework or whatever else that we do, it's easy to let ourselves go. It's easy in any aspect of marriage to let ourselves go. But here's the thing. We've got to understand that that's not God's best for our marriage. We've got to keep the spark alive. I love the scripture. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility. Now, I'm going to break down that word futility. But in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Let me explain to you that word futility in that verse. In the Greek, it literally means to care. To, I mean, to cease to care. I just don't care anymore. Cease to care. Futile. 
Now, what I want us to understand is that that's what happens in marriage. We just stop caring. And we have conversations with couples. And they're like, I don't understand why we're in this situation. I didn't do anything. And I'm like, exactly. It's called the law of entropy. You know what that says? The law of entropy says things tend towards disorder. The default position of the universe is to chaos and disorder. And what happens is we do nothing and think that something is going to happen because we did nothing. Well, it it will. It'll go downhill. What does that look like practically? In other words, your hot coffee is going to get cold. Your ice cream will melt. Your clean house is going to get dusty. Your soft skin is going to get dry. It's going to get chapped. It's going to get chafed. You know what I'm saying? If you do nothing, if you just do nothing. Your yard, if you just do nothing, will get overgrown. The same thing will happen in your marriage. If you just do nothing, your garden of marriage will be overrun with weeds. Intentionality is key. Here's another lie. Marriage should make you happy. I'm just not happy anymore. Marriage is supposed to make me happy. I'm not happy. I want to be happy. I deserve to be happy. Here's the truth. Marriage isn't meant to make you happy. It's meant to mature you, to grow you up, to show you the things that you need to work on. See, God puts us together to bring glory to him, not just to make me happy. You see, what happens when you make uh, the goal of your marriage happiness, you're setting your marriage up for huge failure. Now, a healthy marriage, the overflow will be happiness. But people often go into marriage and they say, well, I want to get married because I've got some financial goals. And, you know, rather than two mortgages or rents, let's just pay one. You know, I, I, I want to get married because, I, you know, I want sexual fulfillment. I want to get married because I want companionship. I don't want to grow old by myself. So those are the reasons I'm going to get married. No, 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 those are benefits of a marriage that's healthy, but it's not the purpose of your marriage. The purpose of your marriage is to bring God glory. That's the purpose. Jesus said this for those who are saying, I just want to be happy. This is what Jesus said. It's in red in your Bible. Not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. It requires a certain aptitude and grace. Marriage isn't for everyone. Some from birth seemingly never give marriage a thought. Others never get asked or accepted, and some decide not to get married for kingdom reasons. But if you're capable of growing into the largeness of marriage, do it. Do it. Another lie in marriage is counseling is for weak people. Can I just tell you, the truth is counseling is for wise people. The Bible says in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Where there's no counsel, the people fall. In the multitude, there is safety there. And so what I do is, because usually it's the men that struggle with this. So when the wives come and they say, I really want us to go to marriage counseling, but my husband won't do it. I said, stop using the word counseling. Call it a coach. Guys understand coach. 
Say you need a coach. He's got a coach in his business. You know, he's got a coach at the gym. He'll understand in order to, to be good at his business, he's got to do continuing ed. He's got to have a trainer. Just say, hey, babe, we need a coach. Sure, I'm down with the coach. I was like, just, just help him out a little bit. But it's so important for us. I, like My husband and I, we love counseling. The reason is, is because I don't want to have to get hooked up to, you know, chemo one day. I'd rather take my vitamins now and stay healthy. And if I do have a problem, then I can lay that out before the counselor, before, you know, the, the molehill turns into the mountain. Because the problem is, is we have all these mountains, and then we're like, how did I get here? You got to have a coach. You need a coach. It's so important. And I'm telling you, if you have young children in here, you're married with young children, let's make sure that you keep those kids um, second. Your spouse is your priority for all of my married people with young kids. Your spouse is your priority. God, your spouse, and then your children. What happens is when that gets out of place, And it's not right. You see, marriage is meant to be the umbrella that covers the family, the children. And when it's not in place, everybody gets wet, right? So for those of you who may be in the stage that I am, which is married in those middle years where my kids are pretty much out of the house, now if I had put everything and invested everything in my kids, I would be in a house where I don't know the man I'm lived with. Because everything went into the kids and every waking moment was the kids. And now I'm married to somebody that's a stranger in my own home. And I don't know how to connect because everything was about the kids 24-7. The kids will grow up and leave. And and for those of you in the phase that I'm in, there are adjustments. Or maybe you're coming up to that phase. There are adjustments you're going to have to make and you need to know now. So start working on those. For me, when I was like wow, I'm going to have kids getting married and leaving the house and going off to college. I had to start preparing my heart for what that was going to look like. And those are things we have to look at each phase and do that. Now we're going to bring this in for a landing. Married in the later years, here's what I would say to you. These are your wisest, most influential years. But many people that are couples that have been seasoned and married for a long time think that their gift is done. Your kids may have left the house, but can I just tell you, if you were to look around this room or look around any of our campuses, there are couples that need you. They need your wisdom. They need your influence. So it doesn't matter if you're single, if you're dating, or if you're married, no matter what phase. Bottom line is if Jesus isn't number one, we're going to struggle in every area or every phase. Any, any Batman Begins fans in here? Anybody like Batman? Do you remember one of the, uh, the villains, Raz Agul? Well, for the longest time, nobody even knew he was a villain because he was hiding who he was. He was hiding his identity. So he was able to come in and wreak havoc because nobody was able to identify who he really was. I think this is what happens in our marriages I think it's what happens in our relationship. We don't know who the real enemy is. We're thinking that maybe our spouse is the problem. We're thinking maybe our singleness is the problem. 
and we don't know what the real problem is. Can I just let you know today that we do have a real enemy and we need to identify him so we can take him out. It wasn't till the end of the movie that they realized who he was and he's trying to burn down the house. Maybe your house has been on fire. Maybe your heart, man, you've just been thinking, God's overlooked me. I want you to understand who the real enemy is today. Would you stand on your feet with me? I think it's real important for us today to fight the right battle. The problem isn't your spouse. The problem isn't your singleness. The problem is we have an enemy that wants to take you out. And he's going to do everything in his power to do that. Would you just close your eyes and bow your heads with me, whether you're in the room or online? Can we just do this today? Can we just, if you realize that you may have been fighting the wrong enemy, and you just want to change that up today, you just say, man, I've been shadow boxing. I've been fighting the wrong thing. You just want to come correct on that, course correct on that. Would you just lift your hand today? Say, I just, I want to fight the right thing. I want to fight the right thing. Awesome. Awesome. Let's just do this today. Let's just all say this, whether you're online, whether you're here in the room, let's just say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, we choose today to fight the right battle. We come at the enemy right now, just like David charge the giant. We do too. And we just let him know he's going down. I thank you, God, for my relationships being healthy, starting with the relationship with myself. I surrender to you today. I give it all to you, Jesus. All to you I owe. In Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we encourage you to spread the word. Share with your friends and family on social media and make sure you subscribe to hear a new message every week. Really love the message? Well, we want to hear from you. Make sure to leave us a review below. Want more Freedom House content? Follow us on Instagram at Freedom House and subscribe to Freedom House Church on YouTube. We hope you are equipped to experience all that God has for you this week, and we'll see you for our next Freedom House Church weekend message.